Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. We are week three of a series called I Have a Conviction. And in a world of so many opinions and thoughts and and blogs and posts and and, and tweets and threads and whatever else there is, uh, we have information and ideas and opinion bombarding us from everywhere. It could be cultural, it could be generational, it could be uh, educational, whatever. It could be spiritual. But we have so many thoughts and opinions bombarded us. And what the world doesn't need is a church that's divided, confused or timid, the world needs a church that filled with the love of Jesus is bold and confident on the conviction of the Word. Amen? It's what you need in your universities and schools and workplaces. And and a conviction is simply believing that something is so true that you would stand for it regardless of the consequences. Jesus said it this way, there'll be wind and waves and floods and storms. But the only way you can have a conviction that allows you to live a steady life is based on the Word of God, the truth of God, the Word of God. So today, I'm gonna, last week we talked on getting a conviction around pain and suffering. And as we did that, again, none of these are trying to do masterclasses on them. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to whet your appetite to go read more of the Word and get a conviction for yourself. Because who knows, we all have pain and suffering, right? But in that, God is sovereign, but also God suffered. He has a big picture plan, but He also connects with us. Today, I wanna talk to you about your spiritual authority. Is that okay? Today, we're gonna talk to you about your spiritual authority. And for the first time, or get it back, or to remind you, you need to have spiritual authority. For your home, for your marriage, for your kids, for your life, for your environment, for your workplace, you need to have spiritual authority. Spiritual authority is permission from Jesus to receive. Everyone say receive. Receive Receive and use. Everyone say use. Use His power. Now the idea of spiritual authority in the Bible is very closely connected with the word power. Not the same, but very connected. Now, in the New Testament, as we see the church, the, the, the word for power we see is the word dunamis. Everyone say power. The Greek word is the word dunamis. And what that means is to have strength or ability from Jesus through the Holy Spirit for a purpose. God gives you power, supernatural power, beyond what you have just in your natural, normal life, created by God, who had good for you and gives good to you through His power for a purpose. Authority, that Greek word is the word exousia. It's a similar word, but it's not the same word as dunamis. What it means is the right or the authority to use power. So Jesus gives you dunamis power, but He also gives you the right to use power. God has given you authority in this world. So to understand this, let's go to the beginning as we often do. In Genesis 1, it says, when after God formed the earth and made Adam and Eve, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue, which is another word for dominion, subdue it and have dominion over it. Have authority. God gave you as a follower of God, authority over all of the earth. You need to catch this for a moment. Fix your eyes here for a sec. 
God gives you authority over everything here on this earth. As a child of God, as His creation, the things of this world are under our authority as a gift from God. However, you've got to ask yourself, if He has given you dominion and authority over all things, why do so many things in this world end up having dominion and authority over me? Why does my mind wonder? Why do I live in fear? Why do I live sometimes in sickness that doesn't change? Why are there things that reoccur in my family over and over again? Why does it seem if I've got dominion, that dominion, that the world has dominion over me? Well, we don't talk about this often, but today I wanna remind you that we actually have an enemy. And Satan is a sly and skillful adversary, but I wanna remind you today that he has limitations. It's important to note, that your enemy is not like God. He does not know everything. The enemy does not read your thoughts. He plants them, but he cannot read them. He does not know everything. He is not all powerful. He is not everywhere. And he was defeated at the cross, amen? Unlike God, your enemy, gotta hear this today because you give him sometimes more credit than he should. He does not know everything. He is not all powerful. He is not everywhere and he was defeated at the cross. And many believers today don't wanna think and be aware there is an enemy because the world we see is too hard to deal with, never mind having to deal with a world that we cannot see. But that leaves us to end up fighting our husbands and wives, fighting our workplaces, fighting people, fighting ourselves, fighting against temptation, fighting against struggle, and we end up trying to fight things we see. But Ephesians tells us that our wrestle or our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities against the power of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You need to know there is a wrestle and a battle that is going on for your mind, for your body, for your soul and for your spirit and the enemy is constantly and ongoingly trying to limit, restrict, kill and destroy all of us because if he hurts us, he's trying to hurt God. And we struggle, not because you're bad. We don't struggle because we get it wrong or we're imperfect. We struggle because we have a relentless enemy that won't go away. I need to say to you today, it is, you need to catch this. I wanna set this up for you today. I'm gonna put author, help put authority into you and help give you some teaching so you can get a conviction because it's time your home got authority back. So your mind and family and the church got its authority back. It is normal that the enemy warfare against Christians, but it should not be normal that he wins. Let me say it again, you're too quiet today. Don't be weirded out by the topic. This is real, whether you're weirded out or not. It is normal that he would attack us, but it should not be normal that he wins. He warfares, but we win. Ephesians tells us that the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart. Not some fiery darts, every fiery darts. So then if that is the case from the beginning, if God gave Adam and Eve authority, why do we have attacks on us? Well, He gave us His authority and power, but He also gave us the authority to use His power. So if He not only gives us power, supernatural power, and He gives us supernatural authority to use His power, 
If he gives you the authority to use his power, you also have the authority to give it away. If you've got the authority to use his power, you also have the authority to give it away. And this is what Adam and Eve did. So you need to understand, the enemy cannot take your spiritual authority, but you can give it to him. He cannot come and get, take away from you what God has given to you. What God has given to you, the enemy cannot take. But what we can do is give it away. And the way we do it is we, can't, we give him authority by coming into agreement with him. Let me show you this, I'll give you an example. When I was younger, uh, my brothers and I used to collect basketball cuts and uh, it was in the 90s and they were all the rage and, and, uh, and, and I used to collect upper deck basketball cuts. And unbeknown to me how valuable it would be, I got in the early 90s a Shaquille O'Neal upper deck rookie card. And, uh, and, and this card was good, he was the rookie of the year, but I never realised he would end up being one of the top 10 greatest players of all time. My favourite player, as many people was, would, was, was Michael Jordan. And, and I had this rookie card and I was collecting Jordan cards and this guy a little bit older than me in school found out I had a Shaq rookie card and he came up to me and he said, I wanna do a deal. I'll give you a Michael Jordan hologram card if you give me a Shaq rookie card. And I wasn't sure, but he was pretty convincing and what he had was delicious and wonderful and great. And I'm like, let's have an exchange. And what I did is I took his Jordan hologram card that now is worth about $12.50 and I gave him my Shaquille O'Neal upper deck rookie card. And I told my team this during the week and one of them researched it. And let me say what they found was somewhere around the price of $10,000 this card is now worth. And when they told me in staff meeting, I want to lie, I needed resuscitation, I needed anointing oil, I needed the power of forgiveness, I needed personal freedom. That son of a gun tricked me. He couldn't steal my card, but he took it from me through the power of agreement. And I've prayed now that it's burnt up somewhere. <laughs> I say, what we do with the enemy is we take our spiritual authority and we swap it for his natural authority by agreement. Let me show you ways. When we end up dealing with a spiritual situation and they're happening more than we realise, and we handle it in a natural way, we come into agreement to lay down our authority and pick up the prince of the air, the, the one who rules on the earth, fleshly. When we don't deal with things spiritually, when they need to be dealt with spiritually, we actually lay down and come into agreement to give up our authority. Can I say, when we live in pride, you might be like, I'm not a prideful person. When we think we've got it, it's fine. When there's a problem, I've got it. That's called pride. And what happens then when we deal with it ourselves and pride, we give up our spiritual authority and we have an exchange. When life's pressured circumstances come on you and you end up living in worry and you accept worry and live with worry, you make an exchange in which you lay down your authority and His authority starts to reign over your life. What you listen to has authority. If faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word, what you listen to when you wake up and go to bed has authority over your life. It might just think it's just talkback radio. 
It's just the music I listen to. It's just that Netflix show. It's just social media. It's just whatever. Can I say what goes into your spirit, you come into agreement with and it has authority over you. The words, the Holy Spirit showed me uh, uh, pictures of homes this week uh, of, of people that have spoken out what you think is a natural reality that is actually spiritual oppression and you have come into agreement and made an exchange to lay down your authority. Like you've been saying things in your home all the time. Well, this is just our marriage, isn't it then? They'll, well, how are you doing? Oh, it's my back's always out again. Now, this is my life. And what happens is where the, uh, uh, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks and our words have the power of life and death. And we have exchanged our authority by speaking out the things that are not the Word of God and have come into agreement through conversation. And we are speaking out things over our home, over our marriage and over our life that do not give us the spiritual authority that God has given to us. There's home examples for some of our homes. There's been sickness for years after years. Like every kid's just sick, sick, sick. And we're just like, oh, I can almost hear my spirit. People going, but that's our family. We're, we're just a sick family. No, there's an oppression that has to be broken. It's a spiritual authority issue. For some of us, we just seem to be in poverty all the time and lack and lack and there's hard seasons, right? Last week, we balanced this with pain and suffering, but there's lack all the time and we don't realise that when God promises His provision, His protection, His supply, His abundance, and we live under that, maybe it's a spiritual authority thing, not a natural thing. When we succumb to anxiety and worry and it constantly surrounds me. There's generational examples Sometimes generations just have addiction after addiction after addiction. And we're just like, but that addiction has followed through in my family. No, he breaks the curse. And we've got to take authority over our home because what was passed on does not need to be passed on to your kids. But the exchange of agreement and submission to it, we now come under the wrong authority. For some of us, we're angry because our mum was angry because her dad was angry. And therefore, my kids are going to be angry. No, that's not what God promised. You've got to take authority over your home again. Even that spirit of negativity. I don't think Australia sees as much demonic possession as other places. But what it does have is spiritual oppression and we are blind to it sometimes and the joy of the Lord's not in our life. There's a heaviness and an oppression and we've got to realise when that just carries on in my home, it's not just a natural thing. It's time for me to rise up for my kids, my home, my life, my marriage, my church, my community and pick up your authority. Uh, some of us, I mean, you just, I'm saying words, but I'm just trying to be obedient as I listen to the Holy Spirit. There's a heaviness over you. You don't know why. No, you've got to rise up in your God-given authority and throw it off. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. You've, if you've lost your joy, there's sad moments. There are. There are weeping moments, but the weeping is a pathway to joy. He says, when you abide in me and I abide in you, my joy will be in you. Yes, my joy will overflow. If you haven't seen joy in your life, there's an oppression that can be hanging over you and you need to take authority because it's a promise from God. When you live in doubt and fear, when you've lost your confidence, there's moments where you're, trepid you're trepidatious and nervous, that happens, but you are not meant to live in fear and a lack of confidence when you are a child of God, given all authority in heaven and earth. And if you've lost it, it's time to get a conviction on what God has given to you and get your authority back. Amen.
Some of us have had reoccurring cycles and we're listening to the lies instead of speaking life over us. So Adam and Eve come into agreement. He never stole it. And they gave their authority away. So because a man gives away authority, a man has to take back authority. So the second Adam comes, Jesus, and dies on the cross. And in Matthew 28, at the completion of taking back that authority for your life, because all of us mess it up, all of us get, us wrong, get it wrong. So he came and lived a perfect life. God himself takes up place and then says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Who's me? Jesus. So now all authority has been given back to him, the second Adam. And then we go to Luke 12 and Jesus is speaking to his followers and he says, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you, to give us the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom, that word basilia there in the Greek, it means sovereignty, it means power, and it means dominion. You see, king, kingdom is the king's domain. What Jesus did is he took back that dominion that was given to Adam and Eve, and he came back as man, took back that dominion and authority, and he gave it back to you and I. See, this is what God plants, is that he rules in heaven, and as his children that we rule on earth. He gave us dominion over all things in his name. This is why Matthew 16, are you doing okay today? Yeah. I'm teaching you, but I need you to get boldness in this, right? And Matthew, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, the king's domain. I'll give you the keys. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Keep that up. People get confused with this. When it says heaven, that spiritual realm, that heavenly realm, that realm you cannot see that is affecting the things you can see, that realm maybe you sometimes can't hear from that's affecting what your spirit's hearing and speaking out. What you forbid on earth, you have authority to forbid and come against in that spiritual realm because you have spiritual authority. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven because He's given you a spiritual authority. Here's the thing, I have keys for my home. And as the owner of my home, I choose, what, I choose who I allow into my home and I choose who I forbid from coming into my home because I've got the keys. It's my house. It's the same for the spiritual atmosphere of your life, your mind, your marriage, your kids, your business, your church. He has given you spiritual authority through these keys that say you have authority over what is allowed in your home, over your kids, over your marriage and over your life, amen? I mean, one day my kids are gonna get their own car and I'm gonna buy it for them. We've already started saving, right? And mostly because I'm sick of being a flipping Uber driver. I feel like I'm taking them everywhere. And the older they get, the more, the more basketball trainings, more parties, more things. Then they're gonna get a job. Then I'm gonna drive them to the job. I'm over it. So, so one day I'm gonna buy them a car and I'm going to register the car in my name. But I am not gonna be there to drive them everywhere. So I'm gonna hand them the keys and it will be their car in my name. And they will have the power and the authority to use that car and use its power however they feel within the limits of the law and then two kilometres underneath. They have a full authority 
in my name to take what I purchased for them and handed them the keys to go where they need to go. God has given through Jesus you the keys to the things of the mind, the spirit, the soul, and your house, your, the, the body, the, 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 the things that are in your space of atmosphere and authority. He has handed you the keys in His name, not for anyone else or anything else to have territory or power over you that is under your feet. Amen? My dad had this amazing power. He uh, could stand out in traffic. He could walk into a 110 kilometre road. My brother will tell you this is true. And he could stop an, un, an oncoming bus with one hand. Now, I know what you're thinking, those Greenwoods are strong and you would be right. But it wasn't that. One hand, a semi-trailer would stop. One hand, a bus would stop. I'll tell you what, my dad was a police officer. And what would happen is five foot 11 of him, would stand out against a giant bus that's coming at 110 kilometres per hour and one hand, that bus would come to a screaming halt. Let me tell you why. He had authority, but his authority was under the name of the South Australian Police Force. And because he wore that badge, under the name of the South Australian Police Force, my dad had authority to bring to a screaming hold something that looked like it could take it out. Can I tell you, that same authority under the name of Jesus has been given to you to put a stop to the things that are coming and are a stronghold over your life. Can I tell you, having spiritual authority is not feeling powerful because you may not feel powerful. It's not about a feeling. Having spiritual authority is not about being worthy because none of us will be, we will all mess this up. Having spiritual authority is not about your gifting or personality. I've seen some of the most timid, four foot three old grummers that have so much, they have more spiritual authority in their little finger than some of the most extroverted, bold preachers I've ever seen. Tell you why, because they understand it's not personality, it's not emotion, it's not, it's, not, it's not your expression, it's not your worthiness, that your authority comes from the name of Jesus. You just have to be willing to yield it, amen? This is what the centurion found when he came to Jesus. He said, would you heal my servant? He has this exchange and he says, uh, uh, Lord, I'm not worthy. He understands that. He's not even, he's not even a follower. Well, he is, but he's like, he's not Jewish, like at that point, you know. Whatever. And he says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. The words you say in your home are powerful for life or death. Speak a word and my servant will be healed. Watch this. For I am, key, key in this whole verse, it often gets missed. I am also, also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. A centurion was over a hundred centuries, a century, hundred soldiers. And they would do whatever he commanded. But he knew his authority came because he was a man under authority. When he looked at Jesus, he knew that Jesus had authority on this earth, but he also knew Jesus was under the authority of the Father. What we have to realise is now because we come under the authority of Jesus, we now get to operate in that same authority that Jesus had where we can speak a word and even the demons must listen. Even sickness must obey. Even oppression must leave. 
Now you might be here and thinking, you know what? It's a Bible thing. It's not a today thing. It's, a, it's only for a few. It's only for the best. It's only for the pastors and the preachers and those that have been following Jesus for a long time. It's only for those a little bit older. Not true. Let me go to Luke chapter nine. It says in Luke chapter nine, put it on the screen. He says, then he called his 12 disciples. How many? 12, 12 disciples, it matters. And he gave them, say it with me, power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So they have a very good time and they do very well. Then we go to the next part. You'll be like, well, that's the apostles. That's how he set up the church, right? The apostles set up the church. It's not for us. Well, Luke chapter nine. What comes after Luke chapter nine? Luke chapter 10. Well done. Uh, so then it says this. After this, the Lord appointed how many? 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Well, how did they go? I'm not too sure. Well, it goes on, thankfully. And it says this, that the, uh, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have, say with me, given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. So the 12 have it, the 72 have it. Now you're thinking, well, they must be mature believers that are pretty stable in their faith. Well, thank God it goes on. And it says this, and now in verse 21, at that time, because Jesus loves it when any of us operate in His authority, that time Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the proud and wise and revealed them to Little children. Another version says babes. What is saying? They're not actual children or babies. They're baby Christians. They've just started following Jesus. He realises that it's not about your age. It's not about how long you've been following. It's not about have you done Bible college. It's not about have you lived a perfect life. It's not about are you a baby Christian or an apostle. Under the name of Jesus, you have been given all power and all authority, whether you feel powerful feel worthy or have the right personality type, it is irrelevant. The power and authority you have comes from being a child of Jesus Christ. Amen? In fact, he says, I've hidden these things from the proud. Those that knew better, but thought they could do it on their own. I wonder if some of us have got so confident at finding ways on our own We've stopped trusting in the spiritual authority that God's given to you. Amen? See, sometimes what we're doing is we're trying desperately because life is hard and it is tough. And we're trying desperately to lift our situations up to God. And you're carrying things you were never meant to carry. And you've got a weight on you and a heaviness and a burden that you don't know how to let, give, let go of. And what we're doing is we're coming and we're trying to lift it up to heaven, hoping God can do something with it. Instead of grabbing a hold of heaven and bringing power down to earth because of the authority that is given to you. We're just looking at the things that are seen. But Corinthians tells us that we don't look, it's our eyes are not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Instead of trying to live from the visible to the invisible, you're meant to live from the invisible to the visible. You're meant to take not what you have and lift it up to God. You're meant to give the power and the authority that He's already given to you and bring it down into your situation. To grab a hold of that healing promise and bring it into your body. 
to grab a hold of all that He's given to you and promised to you and see it at work in your home and your kids. See, what happens is when we think earthly and naturally and we make that exchange, you end up feeling boxed. Your sickness, your worry, your lack, that heaviness will box you and limit you. My mum, my mum's been just not well for a long time. And she'll not pretend it's not there. She, we said last week, first key for pain and suffering is recognise it's real. Right? You gotta, she recognises it. But every time I have a conversation with her, it doesn't end with the pain and suffering. It ends up going, she always says, but I'm healed. I'm being healed and I'm gonna be healed. But in Jesus' name, I know I'm gonna have a full recovery. What she does is she's not boxed by her sickness, but she's freed because of her spirit. And that while there's physical limitations, she never lives limited because she's not just trying to carry it, she's constantly grabbing a hold of heaven's power and declaring and bringing it down into her own life. If you feel boxed and limited and restricted, it's time to get your authority back. It's time to take your authority back. So just quickly, what, how do you have this authority? I'm just gonna touch on this because again, I'm not trying to do a masterclass, I'm trying to create awareness so you can go get a conviction for your family and your life, cool? But the three things you need to have authority is you must have the Word of God in your life. And sometimes we don't, and we're like, I know, and I'm, but I don't want to. There's an, you gotta realise when you don't, you've made an agreement to have the wrong voices in your life. And when we know it from that perspective, it will help us to prioritise having the right thing in our life. See, his, for His authority to be in your life, you must believe it which is faith. And the only way you can believe His authority that's been given to your life is faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word. So what you've got to do is pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which pierces between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It's not a will thing or a mind thing, an emotional thing. It's a spirit weapon that when the Word of God comes in your life, it has an authority to take back what the enemy stole from you. Now, as you go and read, whatever it is, if there's sickness in your body, you need to get Scriptures and, and read them, study them, memorise them and graft them into your life around God's healing. If there's oppression in your life, you need to read about God's freedom and joy and peace in your life. Whatever it is that's taken authority over your life, you need to read that and get it into you. Put it around your home. Speak it over your family. I mean, some of us need to get a little bit old school and start walking into our kids' rooms at night when they're asleep and speaking the Word of God over that room and over their life and taking authority. Some of us got to walk the halls of our home and start speaking out the Word of God that has authority because it is like that sword that pierces. But you got to understand this if you're going to do it where you're seated. Ephesians says in uh, chapter 1, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. And watch this, and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places. So where is Christ? Seated in heavenly places. Now watch this. Far above. Everyone say far above. Far above any principality and power and might and dominion. He is seated far above 
any poverty, any worry, any anxiety, any lack, any oppression, any affliction, any sickness, any fear, any, any heaviness, any whatever comes against you, He is seated where? Far above. Let's go to the next chapter, Ephesians 2. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms. So where are you seated? Because of Jesus, when you accept Jesus into your life as a child of God, as a prince in the priesthood, as a soldier in the army, you are now seated in heavenly places with Him, which also means you are far above any affliction, oppression, sickness, illness, disease, worry, anxiety, heaviness, whatever it is that's in your life, while it may be manifesting itself here, spiritually you are far above. So when you know what it is, you don't just look at it in the eye, you are now above it and it is under your feet. So when you start to take scriptural authority over it, you're not just speaking it out and hoping, you are speaking into your situation because you are far above it because of Jesus, amen? So what happens is through the Word, we get conviction and position. So how do we get power? Once you've got conviction and position and the team can come, you get power through prayer. You see, James says, the prayers of a righteous man. Righteous just means right standing. So if you know where you're seated, you're standing on the right thing. When you get a conviction on the Word of God, It's the rock, it's not the sand, it's stable. So when you are right standing on the Word, the prayers of a righteous man are effective and powerful. So as you get the Word into your life and into your home, there is position, authority and conviction. Then you begin to pray through the Word of God, not just your words, and all of a sudden, there becomes a flow of power into your life. But now you have power, what do you need lastly? You need authority. You need spiritual authority. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, 
Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.